Oh, the gloom of outer space, where the tailless comets race, and the sun's a star that almost disappears. When a rocket's steady roar sings the good old song once more, we are outward bound again, O oh planeteers. So while Ov's throaty bass reverberated through the little control room of the cruiser in which he sat with Gunner Welk, it rose above the soft hissing of the rocket tubes. "'Curse me if I can see anything to make up songs about,' growled the big Mercurian. "'You have no poetry in your soul, Gunner,' retorted the little Venusian with a grin. "'A poetic genius like myself doesn't make up his songs. They come to him out of the great ether.' "'They sound uncommonly.' like the bellowing of a Jovian marsh-calf when they do force themselves out, said Gunner Welk dourly. Besides, you'll wake up John. I'm awake, came a voice behind them, and they turned. Thorn came into the control room, rubbing his eyes. Then he peered tauntly through the broad window that framed a magnificent vista of black space and stars. "'What about the cruisers on our tail?' he asked quickly. The big Mercurian shrugged. "'They're hanging on. We heard their audio calls, and they've called up every Alliance cruiser in this part of the system. We've stirred up a hornet's nest this time, John.' John Thorne cut in the switch of the audio. From the speaker came a weird jumble of meaningless sound. All naval calls were always scrambled to prevent eavesdropping— only an official unscrambler could translate them. There was such an unscrambler in this little ship. Thorne had built it out of his old naval experience. He hastily snapped it on, and the incoherent jumble of sounds from the speaker at once became a crisp, understandable voice. Our auras, which shows that present course of the fugitives is straight toward the zone. Undoubtedly they're hoping to hide out there. It is imperative that we cut them off before they enter the zone. Flagship Gull, signing off. The Gull, Thorne exclaimed, his brown face strange for a moment. I know that ship. It was old Commander Lee speaking. He commands the Alliance patrol squadrons out here. His thoughts swept him back into memory for a moment. He had only, four years before, commanded a cruiser of the Earth Navy that helped patrol this very sector of space, out here beyond the orbit of Mars, against a surprise League attack. They've guessed that we're making it for the zone, Thorne went on. It's where all outlaws head for when things get too hot for them. The whole system is too hot for us right now, observed Sual Av. You should have heard the audio news bulletins going back and forth while you were sleeping. Three planeteers tried to kidnap Earth chairman. Notorious outlaws foiled in daring attempt. The system's ringing with it. It'll ring with the news if we're gunned out of space by those cruisers converging on us, grunted Gunner Welk sourly. Do you think we can slip through them, John? I think so, Thorn clipped. We've got to keep straight on. Turkoon, the asteroid that's the pirate's main base, lies in the part of the zone almost directly ahead. Thorn stared with narrowed eyes through the broad window into the magnificent star-flecked vault. 
The little ship of the Planeteers was roaring out through the void at top speed, millions of miles outside the orbit of Mars. The bright, small disk of the sun was dead astern, its rays hiding the gray blob of Earth, away from which they had been fleeing for so many long hours. Ahead of them, the void was thick with bright stars. Brilliant among them gleamed the big yellow topaz of Saturn, and beyond, and to the left, the fainter green sparks of Uranus and Neptune. Pluto was somewhere further away off to the right, and Erebus, their mysterious ultimate goal, lay invisible still farther off, the dark, enigmatic outpost of the solar system.